this week as we continue looking at the savage life. I want to take a brief moment to take a step back and look at what we talked about last week, where we talked about the fact that most of what people would refer to as the savage life in our world is actually a normal life, seeking the adrenaline rush, seeking that next high. That's what most people do. But the term savage life is a life that few have the guts to live. And so for us, in our world, the savage life is actually living by a greater power. It's seeking out the power of Jesus Christ in our lives. But a question arises in my mind of, is claiming that power actually savage? And, and I would almost argue that claiming the power is not actually savage because a global survey done a few years ago of the Washington Times discovered that 80, over 84% of people in the world identify with a religious group. So if you break that down, over 8 out of 10 people in the world are claiming the identity of a religious group. Now we look around in our world and we go, well, where are they? And that the reality is, is that while the statistics may show this, we all know that there's a difference in statistically claiming that and spiritually claiming that. And so tonight we're going to look at what it means to bank on something you didn't earn. There's a verse in, the, in Scripture that sums up essentially the overall message of Jesus Christ. And it's Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 9, where we hear this. It is by grace that you've been saved, through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works that no one can boast. You see, the normal life tells us that what we are called to do is bank on the things that we can earn, that we can accomplish. But this savage life is to calling us to bank on something that we cannot earn, and that we have not earned. Um, and this seems really complicated and really convoluted a little bit. So let's break this verse down a little bit. So you've been saved. This gives us an extreme level of confidence and certainty. When you're saved, you're, you, you're safe. You have that confidence, that certainty that nothing can happen to you. Uh, and so if this is the case, then why do so many of us spend time thinking about things other than God? We'd rather spend our time focusing on things that, we're certain about. However, our relationship with God wasn't meant to be uncertain. Your relationship with God is not meant is meant to be the most certain thing in your life. As a matter of fact, if you look at 1 John, it's a book in the Bible that the entirety of the book is so that people will know that they were saved and so that we can have that certainty in our relationship with God. So why do so many people have the uncertainty in this relationship with God? It's obviously if you look in the, in the scripture, there's a you, and the you have been saved. And so that means that there was a time that you were not saved. And so for so many of us, we have uncertainties in our relationship with God because our relationship with God hasn't been restored, or we're not sure if it has been restored, or God seems so distant from us, or we haven't been taught about God growing up. For whatever the reason, we have an uncertainty in this relationship. But the problem isn't merely whether we have confidence in our relationship. The problem is where our confidence comes from because we have been saved by grace through faith is what our scripture says. So it's by grace through the faith. The people who can have absolute certainty in their relationship with God are the people who believe by grace through faith. So what does grace mean? Grace 
is God saying, I love you, I forgive you, and I'll start walking with you right now, no strings attached. Grace is unmerited favor. And so we bank on God's grace through faith. In John chapter 8, verses 3 through 11, what we hear about is the woman that was caught in adultery. And this woman was caught by the people in her, in her community, and they drug her out into the streets, and they wanted to stone her to death by throwing stones at her to murder her. And this was a way in which she would be punished in Jesus' day. And Jesus walks upon this and says, let you without sin cast the first stone. And those that had the stones began to slowly put them down and walk away. And he looks at the woman and he, and he says, where are those that wish to punish you? And, and she says, they're gone. And he says, okay, I'm not going to punish you either. What Jesus is saying to this woman is, I love you. I forgive you. Now go, because he doesn't leave it there. He says, now go and sin no more. See, confidence in our relationship with God comes by banking on the grace and that's savage. But well, how do we bank on grace through faith? Grace is, if grace is saying, I love you, I'll forgive you, and I'll start walking with you right now with no strings attached, then, and faith is believing God's love and forgives you right now, then what gets in the way? And I think we've already touched on it a little bit. What gets in the way is our pride. We want to be able to accomplish it. We want to be able to take credit for whatever it is. We want to be able to say, look at what I did, if you will. And so that's what gets in the way. But as we hear in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 9, as we heard earlier, that it's not by work so that no one can boast. So we can't take credit for it. Um, and so our, our, our faith, our, our pride gets in the way of all of this. And we can't, and, and we lose sight. See, grace is God saying, I give it to you freely. And we're saying, I don't want it. So why is it that, we, that pride would, draw, would push us to say, that, for that to be our response to God's grace. And I think there's two reasons. One, we say, I don't need God's grace. Well, Romans 3.23 tells us otherwise because it says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And if we fall short, then we need God's grace. Or maybe we look at it and we go, I'm just too bad for God's grace. And while this sounds somewhat humble, where we're going, I'm not good enough for it, actually it's just the opposite. In the stories that we've looked at, the adulterous woman was not too bad for God's grace. Or if you look at Jesus' crucifixion where the criminals are hanging behind him, they say, God, remember me. And he says, you will be with me this day in paradise. They were not too bad for God's grace. So these are both lies that we tell ourselves because we're scared to live the savage life. So just a recap of what we talked about tonight, that God's grace says, I love you and I forgive you right now. Have faith in that grace because having grace, grace, uh, faith in that grace is what it truly means to live the savage life. And as we live that savage life, we always hinge to, the know, to knowing that the best of all is God is with us. Love y'all. See y'all next week. God bless.